to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast. We've gutting into this beautiful, wonderful time of the year, middle of this December. We're heating up towards Christmas, or should I say, we're freezing up towards Christmas. A lot of wet weather around, a lot of abandonments, a lot of no racing. But at the moment, we're going through a bit more of a dry period. So we know that we're going to have racing, but we're going to have very traditional wet weather racing. Uh, Cheltenham is back this weekend. And of course, I'm always in the company of Tom Collins and Ross Miller. And we're looking ahead, as said, to Cheltenham. But first, we'll reflect on last week. Um, Tom, you had a great week. Uh, your nap, Lions House, very well backed, very impressive on the all weather. Yes, the all weather. We love the all weather. And your next best, Spirit Donu, also um, for the Gary Moore team, who had a wonderful weekend at Sandown, went in at four to one. Ross's nap, Sonny Gino, won, if I think I'm saying that right, easily at 100 to 30. So all in all, good weekend. Tom, um, I know you've been in Saudi. You've been going to and fro from back from each other, but now back in the land of the UK and all weather racing going nicely, but also in, I think, believe, like in the real thick of it now of the jump season. So it's a nice time to be a racing fan. For sure. An all weather winning nap. Who would have thunk it? Um, I mean, it's my forte. I love all weather racing. And actually, I'll be on Sky Sports Racing this Saturday for Wolverhampton in the evening as well as the US stuff. But it's Cheltenham uh, Friday and Saturday. And, you know, when it's Cheltenham, I have a little bit of a, a reason to just stick to the jumps racing. So there will be no all-weather selection on this podcast. Oh, those jumps fans who are just about getting into that all-weather love that you've been giving them will just have to stay uh, stay away from it for one week and maybe one week only. But OK, we'll get into Cheltenham. We've got the December Gold Cup this weekend. And I think, personally, really good renewal of this. Um, looking back over the years, we've had thrown up some big price winners. But... It's really getting into that time of the year um, as a jumps fan where you kind of feel like you're working out the form. We had November to work out where horses are in terms of their, their level and their ability, what, they, what they're showing essentially. And now I feel like we really know where we're at with a lot of these horses. And I think the December Gold Cup's thrown up a, a really nice renewal. We've got Thunder Rock heading the besting at three to one, whose form obviously working out really well with um, Marla Mission running a great race at Cheltenham. Oh, excuse me, sorry, at Newbury in that uh, Hennessy. And also formed with That's Right Gino, who won the Hennessy. So entitled to be favourite for this race at 3-1. to one. We've got Il Rodoto and So Scottish at 11-2. to Monmorale 6-1. to Bakir Duderi 8-1. And Fugitive also 8-1. to one. And uh, double figure prices, the rest of them. Ross, um, I'll come to you first because... So many loved names, friends of this podcast are coming into this. Fugitive being one of the top ones. Il Rodoto, we know we've had a, a long-term relationship with him. Um, Mon Morale's been in my tracker for God knows how many years. But Thunder Rock, entitled, as I said, to be favourite for the, the race. Can you find any holes in him? What, what do you think about him at Cheltenham? Because he has turned up here before and not really performed up to his best. Yeah, I mean, as you know, I was a big fan of Thunder Rock. Um, I, I put him up in the in the preview as a, as an open horse to follow. I thought he was good in the Colin Parker. I think clearly, you know, a change of riding plans has, has suited this horse and a lot of McNeil horses really well this season. Um, I've actually got a small investment on him anti-post. The issue for me is simply price. I think he's short enough in a competitive race. And I just do worry about his jumping and his general attitude in a large runner field, like all his best form is eight runners or less. If you go through his form, any race with eight or more, his, his form is, is nowhere near as good as it can be. 
Um, so those are the two reasons I put a line through him, but I think he's got outstanding credentials otherwise. Ferrero Bamboo, I thought, was a pretty dramatic mistake he made for, for poor old Charlie Deutsch at Newbury, and I think that came because he was getting very tired, so I don't see this stiffer track on soft ground suiting him. Il Rodoto and Montmorel tied in. Harry Cobden chooses Montmorel. Um, Il Rodoto, I can see the appeal. I'm delighted to see Bryony Frost back from a broken collarbone, and I'm delighted to see her with a, a big race chance because I think it's a, a blight on racing, really, that such a talented rider is chronically underused as far as I'm concerned. But she's £6 worse off on him with uh, Fugitive for four lengths in the Paddy Power Gold Cup where I thought Fugitive ran a really big race when things didn't go his way. He was in first-time cheek pieces, and I think they lit him up. Um, and he ended up trying to match strides with Stage Star, who was a bona fide, as we were seeing now, grade one horse. Um, and I think that just ran the petrol out of him, but he stuck on really well. Um, he's just two pound higher than when a good second in the plate on this track at the festival to what turned out to be a very well-handicapped rival in Seddon. He'll like the soft ground, the cheek pieces come off. I think this track will suit him better. And given that he is a huge horse, I mean, I think he's nearly 18 hands, it must be very hard for Richard Hobson to get him fit at home. Um, I think second run will see him in better light. And albeit he's off a high mark of 151, but the presence of Faka Diduri means he runs off a very nice racing weight. Um, Gavin Sheehan gets on brilliant with him. Gavin Sheehan is riding out of his skin this season. Um, so I thought at, at a double figure price, a Fugitive was the one for me. Oh, I've had so many dilemmas with this race because of Fugitive and Il Rodoto and the form lines being so closely matched and like all your case is just exactly why I found it so difficult to leave him off. My only question was this trip two and a half miles, I know he's one over two miles, three and a bit at Chepstow on soft ground, but going up that hill at Cheltenham on this extended trip on really quite soft ground on a much bigger mark than he's ever had before. That would be my only slight concern for him. You're shaking your head. No, he, he definitely says he had, a, had an entry in the Welsh National. So that says that connections see him as a horse with stamina. Um, I, 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 if he gets beat, I, I don't see it being the, the trip in the track that beats him. Yeah, it's just on the, on the on the I don't know how testing it will be. It feels like it's testing everywhere. Cheltenham really gets really, really, really bad, I feel, lately. Um, but it feels like this is a bit of a uh, an anomaly year, or anomaly December at least. So I'm fascinated to see, we'll see tomorrow on Friday how bad it is. And it's been quite dry, so maybe it will dry it out. But case is made for Fugitive. I think it's so appealing in so many ways. He is on a high mark, but a lot of these horses are. And I think Baku Dudery um, being in the race kind of helps some of them, doesn't it? Because he's got that lumping around 12 stone. I can't believe that horse is eight. It feels like he's been around for so many seasons. Bakadudari sort of helps all the horses in and around who are very highly rated horses, but they've got a nice racing weight because of this. So you see with what we've seen, you know, from that last um, stage star race, you know, we know horses that can run well at Cheltenham. We know horses that have turned up, pitched up here. Are you looking for a horse that kind of confirmed form? Do you look at Cheltenham thinking you need a horse that's shown that they can do it there? Or are you happy to take a chance on some that might not have that C to their name yet? 
generally, I, I would like to see some winning course form to the horse's name. But at the same time, as long as they've run well, whether it be second, third, fourth, depending on the race, then I'm happy to give them a bonus in that regard. Obviously, it's a bit of a unique track, isn't it, Cheltenham? Um, not only do you face quality opposition, no matter what race you're in, uh, but also where the fences come in proportion to where the race is, um, is different to most venues. Uh, look, this is a typical December Cheltenham contest, isn't it? Ilwadoto Fugitive, we've already touched on both of those. They are on my shortlist as ever. I selected Fugitive last time uh, when he got beaten by Stage Star. Ilwadoto, I basically pick every single time he runs. I'm not the most loyal of punters. Um, so I, this time I am going away from both of them. But look, if either of them win, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not dead against them either. Uh, Mon Morale, I am dead against because he hasn't won since April 2021. Now, that's not to say he can't win this race, but he seems to find winning pretty difficult of late. Uh, he's relatively short in the market, coming off a long layoff. Um, the, the ground will be ideal for him, and he's obviously quite talented. But I think there are enough negatives there to definitely bet against Mon Morale. So Scottish is super interesting. First time tongue-tied, J.P. McManus, Emmett Mullins. I mean, there's a lot of factors there to suggest this horse could easily take a step forward. But again, that requires a bit of faith and he's relatively short in the market, probably going to get even shorter due to connections. So I have to dodge him. And it kind of just leaves me with Thunder Rock. Now, I know he's quite short in the market. I don't disagree with what Ross says about maybe he's not the value in the race. But when it comes to this main race section of the podcast, I, look, I try to put up the most logical winner. Uh, not necessarily the best bet because this wouldn't be a race that I'm actually going to have a bet in. Um, so I'm just going to put up the most logical winner. Um, Thunder Rock, I thought last time was given a very good ride. He was coming off the layoff. He jumped very nicely, powered clear in the closing stages. And actually the main reason for me selecting him here is I think the jockey booking gives me inspired confidence that this horse is going to be able to progress this year. I thought last year he was given several subpar rides. Um, I think his jumping faults were due to jockey, not the horse as well. Um, so the fact they're switching up will definitely uh, give this horse, you know, more of a chance of, of winning back-to-back -back races or even a string. So with that uh, bit of confidence I've got from that reappearance where Sean Bowen was excellent, the fact that Bowen's back on board today, Thunder Rock is going to be my selection. Yeah, a few shots fired at a certain APS Skinner, Phil. Um, but it is, you know, first time on... Uh, the horse Sean Bowen shows what the horse is capable of kind of confidently right I've seen you know even the small days the likes of Foss Lass and Fontwell and just the you know the Tuesdays the Wednesday afternoons you see time and time again both Bowens I think James and Sean but Sean particularly just galvanizes horses the confidence that you you get generally off the back of and you've seen it on the flat with the likes of Ross Ryan say this year it just helps and that's why in a way, you know, Cobb, Harry Cobden's another one. When I saw that he'd, he'd chosen Mon Morale, I thought, God, they must, he must be doing something at home because, as you say, it's been a couple of years now and Harry's been on him year, time after time and it's just it's so expensive to follow. So we found that surprising. But yeah, the Sean Bowen, Thunder Rock combination, it's logical, but it's, is it the value? That's my, that's my, that's my, that's my concern. And I'm, I think I just have to join the pu the puzzle here and add Il Rodoto. Like you can literally, I think all of these horses have such a good chance. So Scottish, as you say, I just worry about his jumping. I'm not certain if he's like got the the jumping talent to win around Cheltenham. Now that would be my famous last words, but we'll see. Um, Il Rodoto, however, I think we do know and has won at Cheltenham, won a similar race, beating Fugitive at the beginning of the year. He's was dropped a pound. He's still he's on quite a high mark, I think. For this level but as we've said 
10-9 with Fakir Duderi in this mix-up gives him a lovely racing weight. He ran a grand race last time with two, you know, very talented graded horses in front of him. He's still, he's six. He's still got so much potential, I think, whereas some of them, you know, you kind of know where they're at maybe. Um, I just think you can't draw too many differences with the likes of Fugitive. He's just, poor old Fugitive seems to always have an opportunity but can't quite get there. He's such a big horse. I, I'm concerned about the ground might be a little bit too soft for him on that trip, but Ross will disagree. Um, I think that it's very difficult to make a case for any anything against them, really. So you're either with Il Rodota with me, uh, Ross is with Fugitive, a great old friend. I love it for Richard Hobson and Gavin Sheen running out right of its skin, or uh, the great talent that we have in the weighing room, the likes of Sean Bowen on Thunder Rock for for TC, so a really good renewal. Really looking forward to that um, December Gold Cup in and amongst some really good racing at Cheltenham throughout the course of the day. And obviously, TC has to lead when it comes to our um, naps and next best after having such a sterling weekend. But he said at the top of the show, I know you all other fans are chomping at the bit, but you're going to have to wait a week because he's sticking to his guns and proving some of those doubters wrong that he can't tip up anything over jumps outside of all <laughs> during the jumps period. So take it away. <laughs> Unbelievable. I think I've only had one losing podcast since August, by the way. Most of those are jumps winners. Anyway, anyway, uh, yeah, we're sticking to Cheltenham for the nap and the next best. Um, my nap is going to be the Nigel Twiston Davis trained. We've all been caught who goes in the 1240 at Cheltenham on Saturday. Connections believe this horse could develop into a Gold Cup contender last year when he won his maiden hurdle. Things haven't worked out ideally for him. He's only rated 135 and he's just found winning pretty tough. Um, he ran into a horse last time from the same stable. That's definitely going to get a mention from Ross in the next few moments. Um, he's still a six-year-old. There have been plenty of promising runs. And in fact, probably his jumping has been the reason why he's not been winning. He gets very low over his fences. Uh, sometimes he can make a mistake, plough through them, and it costs him momentum. He's also not a horse with a high cruising speed. He's more of a, a grinder in his races. However, now he drops into a handicap chase for the first time off that lenient-looking mark of 135 it is by far the weakest um, task he's ever been set since that maiden hurdle victory he's also been partnered with a jockey called mikey o'sullivan who's come across from ireland claiming three pounds which is super interesting you know we saw him to great effect at the cheltenham festival last year uh, i think it's probably the most interesting jockey booking of the day so my nap is going to be we've all been caught in the 1240 at cheltenham and my next best is going to be in the 335 at cheltenham in the form of bonte now, there's a horse in this race that I put up in our Jumps Antipose podcast called Nurse Susan, who's second favourite currently. If that runner was 10 to 1 plus, which she should be, given she had a two-year layoff and finished seventh last time up, then she would have been my pick. But she's second favourite. So I'm going elsewhere. And Bonte is the most likely winner of this race. She's been targeted here by Fergal O'Brien, who loves these meetings, the November meeting and the December meeting at Cheltenham, and generally has a lot of success. Bonte ran well on the reappearance when winning. She wasn't ready that day. Um, this That was used as a prep for this. Uh, yet she still got the job done. She's finished in the top two in all nine of her career starts. Super consistent and very talented. Still on the up as well. She's two from three at Cheltenham. She'll love the ground, despite the fact that she hasn't been seen on it that often. Um, she ran on soft ground and won a race, I think, last year. And Fergal came out and said after the race that she loved the ground. Yet we've only seen her on good or good to soft ever since. So I like the fact she's on more testing conditions and she'll be ridden out the back nice and cold and move through late. Just a five pound rise from that recent success. So Bonte in the 335 at Cheltenham is my next best. 
Yeah, brilliant. Can, I'm, I'm fascinated as well by Michael O'Sullivan. I was going to give uh, Willie Twister Davis a text and just get the, the download because obviously it would be Sam's ride, but they clearly want to take that helpful three off, right? Considering what he's achieved, Cheltenham Festival winning jockey. I couldn't find any other, unless you've done your research, I mean, I'm just looking quickly, other rides that he has, actually has. Is he coming over for something else or has he been booked especially? This is the only ride I've seen that he's got. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, curious, very curious. I don't know if there's a link up with the owners, what it is. I don't know how, mu how much he's even ridden for Nigel Twiston Davis, but maybe that's a little tip in itself. And obviously, you know, the, the, the form lines are very close with like some Mufasa, but he gets a bit of a weight leverage, doesn't he, with that three pounds taken off. I think that's super interesting. Um, looking forward to that. So, yeah, um, that's at Cheltenham. So we've got plenty from uh, from TC's perspective to look forward to at Cheltenham. Ross, how much are you looking forward to the rest of the racing at Cheltenham? Is it all focused on that on that race card or is there anything else? Well, no, I, I like Wolverhampton as well, Jess. No, um, it's all about <laughs> Cheltenham for all about Cheltenham for me. Um, the nap does tie in with with TC's nap uh, in the two twenty five. It's Broadway Boy. Um, we spoke about Fakir Duderi keeping the weights down in the in the December Gold Cup. Protector app has been declared for this, and he suppresses the weights that mean actually the, the bottom weight is seven pound out of the weights. Um, I think Broadway Boy has got absolutely outstanding credentials in this. He hammered Mafasa, who runs in the twelve forty and, and might be the one that could perhaps shake up TC's selection hammered him by 10 lengths at Worcester on on good to soft ground over just shy of three miles then went to uh, Cheltenham ran really well behind Florian Porter who he was giving five pound to now, I think Florian Porter was a slightly cozy winner but certainly turning in Broadway boy got upside him and and gave him a shake up then returned last time um, on soft ground gave two pound and 20 lengths to we've all been caught absolutely hammered them despite a pretty big mistake at the top of the hill. He's got a rise for that, but he's got a lovely racing weight here of just 10 stone nine. He's going to love the soft ground. I think the switch to the old course, uh, to the new course from the old course will suit. He's two from three at Cheltenham. Um, I think everything is going for him and I'd be really disappointed if he doesn't win the 225. And then the next best comes in the 115 and it's in Excelsis Dio who was a massive eye-catcher at uh, the October meeting last time, running over two miles, was ridden right at the back. He was still last at the third last um, in a race that it paid to be uh, in, in front for most of the way, uh, finished in eye-catching fashion, particularly in the last 100 yards. The form of that race has worked out well. Hedex de Zobo, who fell at the last when looking to go very close, obviously ran very well in Tingle Creek. Uh, Triple Trade, who ran on into second, uh, one next time out at Cheltenham, then backed it up just a week later and ran very well, finishing second in a £100,000-plus handicap at Ascot. I think uh, this new course, softer ground for an Excel Sestio, you only want to have a pound for that last run. I think this looks like it's been a target. It's had a few entries and a few different handicaps, quite lofty targets. They've swerved those and come here. I think that's a, a sign in itself. Harry Fry's got his string in really good form. Um, I think he's a, a really good selection in the 115. If he wins, would you sing it like it said in the Christmas it, spirit? It, 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 if he wins, <laughs> you definitely don't want me singing, Jess. If we're getting to the Christmas period. I was at period, school, they it, asked me to mime in the carols. <laughs> I think at one point this year I have sung, we all have our moments. <laughs> and that's a Christmas theme 
I assume, I think. I feel like that's what you sing at Christmas time in the, in church. Um, and I feel like it, it might have to happen. So that will be, you'll, you'll be enjoying it. But well, all of a sudden, I'm quite happy with just one out of two of the naps and next best <laughs> Um, brilliant. Thanks for that. So Broadway Boy in, in Excelsis Deo, um, where I think, you know, the Twiston Davises must be chuffed that they can separate those two horses and find two good races for them. It might be a really good day for them. They've been in such good form. Was it last Saturday they had four winners, I think, across the country? So um, you can't stop them. They obviously love to farm Cheltenham as well. I, um, when I saw, I actually saw the Naps and Next Best come in. Uh, before I got mine in and I wanted to put up Broadway Boy, I wanted to put up We've All Been Caught and then I wanted to put up Bontanay as well and I just thought you've got to be a little bit different but I really, really do like Virgil uh, O'Brien's mare in the last, um, the same as TC, so I'm not going to repeat what he said. I just think you can't knock her. Um, her she's, a, I think, a pretty decent price at the moment. I think she'll be shorter. Um, I think you can get, she's around about 92. Um, but... Wherever she goes, she turns up. She's also got Cheltenham form. Um, her run behind Queen's Gamble going back last year looks very solid. Um, they've placed her really nicely, very well. She's obviously gone up in the handicap. But I don't think it's a massively deep renewal. Um, I like Coquelet, but I think that she might find the ground a bit testing. Um, and I just think that she's in relative terms compared to some of them, like likes of Theatre Glory who didn't turn up in that race at Ascot last time. She's got a lovely racing weight for it. So um, keep that simple and hopefully we'll go home happy with the last race at Cheltenham. And my next best comes at Doncaster. So I'm the only one that's gone away from uh, Cheltenham. Um, Jim Coco is a horse that you can't not, again, just a, a really admirable sort. He always turns up in these kind of races. Um, I think, as we've mentioned, Harry Fry's in really good order. They booked Ben Bromley who's having a really good season. I think last year was a sort of a learning curve for him. And I think he's sort of coming of age as such. Like he's still, you know, as you'd imagine with a conditional, he's still got a five pound claim. So I still think he is learning on the job a bit. But I think it's a lovely horse for him to have a ride on in a race that I don't think is massively competitive. I'd like to take on the favourite clear white light. I think Jim Coco um, looked to be in, brilliant order at Ascot when he bolted up last time. I'm on slight weather watch. I don't want it to rain too much for him up at Doncaster, but I think it seems to be quite dry over the next couple of days. It's good to soft at the moment, um, but hopeful that he will um, put up a big performance. And as I said, like that, Ben Bromley's taking a helpful five off. So those are our naps and our next best um, ahead of uh, a really cracking weekend. As I mentioned, it's um, that kind of lovely time of year where we are really enjoying um, that sort of build up to Christmas and build up to what is going to be an extremely busy time of year so looking forward to that tc ross and myself will be um getting into uh, the christmas spirit we hope with ross doing his singing but also more importantly having a look at the christmas racing and so there will be a christmas podcast coming up so make sure that you uh, have a listen to that when that does come out um but for now naps and next best are in um, hopefully we've got some good um, good selections for you at Cheltenham. Really looking forward to that. Thank you to Ross. Thank you for TC. Don't forget, all new SBK users get £30 in free bets when you sign up and bet £10 for the first time. And get make sure you check out SBK for lots of other offers and promotions throughout the course of the, the weekend. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and as I said, we'll be back with Christmas special. <laughs>